Hey, I'm Marion. Hey, y'all. Uh, yeah. And I'm Donovan. And this is I'm Here For It. Yay. Okay. Yes. So we're back, everyone. How are you all? <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey, what's up? Um, I'm good. How are you all doing today? I'm all right. I'm good. It's just really early. It is really early. And it's like, I, I'm just going to guess that this is probably the last warm day of the year. Yeah. Perhaps. Which is very sad. I know, but that means... Visa. Me, yeah. Visa? Very. Wow. <laughs> cool. So, um, what's happening on the show today? So, I get to do Put You On. I'm super excited. Um, because I feel like this has been a year of really beautiful black women voices. Um, and I'm going to share one. Another one. Exciting. Mm-hmm. And what else is happening on the show? Um, and then for um, what you didn't hear, so I'm from Charlotte, and I spent two weeks in Charlotte um, during the, the uprising, and so I wanted to share a little bit of like all the things that I'm still processing, and mm-hmm. then um, these two particular articles from some really wonderful journalists that I got to work with um, while I was there, and I think... I especially wanted to lift up their pieces because we didn't get a lot of um, mm-hmm. really thoughtful coverage such as theirs. So I just really appreciate them. Cool. And then we will have SNN this week. And and we're going to wrap things up with I'm here for it. And a puppyism. So let's do this. And so it's time for put you on, put you on, put you on. Hey, I just made this a, a oh. <coughs> Michelle came in. Oh, you see, I knew, I knew, I knew it would happen eventually. <laughs> I knew you would just give in. I just had to fall in line. Mm-hmm. Information. Fall. Come on now. And get a seat at this table. Come through. All right, so Zakia. I, I was wondering how long it would take us to bring up Solange. I mean, two seconds. Right. Mm, didn't take long. Um, yeah, so for what you didn't hear, I mean, <laughs> for put you on. <laughs> um, Nobody had their coffee today. I definitely didn't. <laughs> I would appreciate coffee. Um, so for the rules, each week one of us tries to put our co-hosts and our audience on to something new, old, or underrated or forgotten um, in 90 seconds or less. And then at the end, 90. the remaining, don't, <laughs> the remaining co-hosts have to vote and decide whether or not they put that person on. Um, and then we tally it up at the end of the season. And so right now, the score is? I think it's 665, right? Yes. Cool. Okay. So for this one, speaking of Solange, um, all of the other amazing music put out by Black women this year, some of it has been well received, like the Lemonade. Um, also, like some people know about No Name Gypsy. She just put out Not something me. really dope from Chicago. That's Damn. another. Oh, you need to put me on. Why don't you do that? Yeah, No Name Gypsy, so good. Um, and then also Jamila Woods, who I don't know if y'all have heard of either. Nope. Um, so Jamila Woods has a song called, um, LSD that I have been listening to over and over again, just like in the morning to make me feel good. Um, actually her whole album, but I figured this would be the first good song to elevate. Um, yeah, in the spirit of Solange, who I'm not going to debate whether I put y'all on or not, because mm. I love that album too much to even risk <laughs> the slight chance of a non-vote from Donovan. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, girl, whatever. Well, your 90 seconds is on the clock, so let's go. Well, we'll, well we gotta first. play the song. Oh. Let me... Let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> a body of water inside me reminds me of oceans, though I 
I've never known one I'm born by a cold one It's only a small one compared to the coast I prefer it to most I like water that don't burn my eyes When they open, I won't let you criticize My city like my skin, it's so pretty If you don't like it, just leave it alone You gotta love me like I love the lake You wanna love me better love the lake You gotta love me like I love the lake All right, 90 seconds on the clock. <laughs> Don't sound so annoyed. I'm not. I'm just mad what you said about that no vote. Girl, cuz you didn't get like three no votes. I, okay, but we've had more than three episodes, which means I give more yeses than I give noes, which means I'm a generally positive not person. Not to me though. <laughs> You're in the lead, so yes. Yeah, you are in the lead. You're actually. in the lead. I've only voted against you once. Mary, I've voted against Marion twice. Thrice. Okay, well. Twice. I think I don't it's need all of this, like. Twice. Okay, let's give and her some positive energy right. before she puts us on. Okay, let me send you the brew ha ha. It is a positive song. Okay. okay. Ready, set, go. First of all, this whole entire album is this a constant reminder of just how beautiful all of my blackness is, which I love. Um, I love the lyrics more than I love the instrumentals overall, but it still has this like eerie mixture of like creaky drum sounds and strings, which I also love. Um, I'm I'm recently obsessed with this concept of water, and so I love how she talks about even when you break me down, the water water always saves me, and I find myself like singing that out loud every time. Sixty seconds. She talks about um, in the end, like even in the midst of tragedy and pain and injustice, just how like resilient we are, and that just speaks so loudly to me. And personally, I feel really connected to this resilience when I think about the ocean or like I'm surrounded by water. Um, yeah, chance is featured. This, <laughs> um, the song before this on the album also talks about like um, the significance of our names, black girls' names, mm. and how they reflect require this like full tongue to hold. Um, and then the next song after that is like called "Black Girl Soldier," and it's also just equally wonderful about black girl magic and t- like all the goodness. Um, yeah, and so there's just like so many wonderful songs in this album, which is called "Heaven" and. Before I like chose this one um, because I think it exemplifies like her whole style, and I would just like encourage everyone to, to time listen. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I have a I have a couple of questions. Oh, wait, I just have one thing to say. She okay. was a point seven ninth of a second. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm not gonna point be petty. She was point seven ninth of a second over. Wait, I have a question. So, are you putting us onto this? Artist, her album, or like I mean, in general, all of her. It. Uh, this song. What's the song right? called again? It's called LSD. LSD. Um, yeah, I mean, I chose, like I said, I chose the song because mm-hmm. it exemplifies, like her, it exemplifies her artistry. I think. Got it. Got it. Um, but I think this is definitely one of my favorite songs on the album, which is why I played it. And does LSD an yeah. acronym for something? Is it like Lake something something or Lakeshore she- Drive? She is from Chicago. Right. She, that's okay. what I was like. Okay, See, she's mentioning that's what going I was down. Wondering. Yeah, because LSD is also a drug. Exactly. A yeah. But so I'm just gonna go first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tell me what you think. I just can't with you because you cannot talk about Chicago and like not have me enjoy. Yeah. Like I'm just reminiscing always. It's so funny how like when I lived there, I was like, I want to get out, and now I'm like, wait a minute. Um, I mean, Chance the rapper is honestly like the dopest thing in the world right now. <laughs> and he's an inspiration to me, even though he's like, he's like, I don't know, he just, I don't know, he's doing the damn thing. Um, But I do like the Dano Jones instrumental. Eventually <laughs> it kind of got like, all right. Um, because I think I like the Dano Jones version of that better. Um, um, I did like The Water references to the water and to the lake. Mm-hmm. Um, it reminded me of home and I guess it's like water is nourishing. Water is, you know, what we need in order to rebuild, to grow, to continue. Mm-hmm. So was this a, like, her mixtape? Uh, it's, it's her album. album. Okay, it's, it's her, her album. album. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. But it's not on Spotify for some reason. It's just on SoundCloud. See, that's what I was wondering, because you said it was an instrumental, so I was wondering if it was a mixtape. 
No, I was just talking about thing. the instrumental of the song. Uh, um. Right out the space of air. Right. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think about what I want to say. So when I was listening to it, I was kind of conflicted. Okay. Because I was like, in the beginning, I was like, mm, her voice. And then y'all, hit, she hit that bridge. And I was here for the bridge. I always love a good bridge. So then that Wait, got, what's the bridge? I don't remember the bridge. Actually. <laughs> it was the, in the end when she was kind of doing like the whole breakdown, like the, she was, like, the singing part, the singing part, the her singing part. Oh, the water before going back in, mm-hmm, the part before, that I always sing. Before okay, going into the I'm thing. So I really love that part, which is great. Um, I mean, I love Chance, but for completely different reasons than y'all. I just think he's cute. So she gets. <laughs> okay. So she gets like. He is really cute though. So yeah. she gets points for that, and he has a really nice body. Um, he's kind of like one of those cute boys who's not like super fine though. And however, I like the like. That I had to like think more about it and try to understand it, um, and I mean I'm a Pisces, so there's no one in this r- closet that you had to. T- <laughs> that We're you- recording in a closet. <laughs> there's no, there's no one more in this closet than you have to to win over on the idea of water than me. So, so are we voting? Yep. Go ahead, Mary. Let me think about this long and hard. <laughs> Sorry to say. Yeah, yeah, you put me on. <laughs> if it wasn't for that damn bridge. You did that. You put me on. Cool, thanks. So I make sure that she didn't guilt trip you into getting a vote? No, I like the bridge. Because I'll, I'll sing the bridge. I'll skip the rest of the song and skip right to the bridge, though. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. <laughs> She's like, whatever I gotta do to get my votes. That. Yay. No, I'm really glad. Like, this whole album is like really important to me right now so mm-hmm. i'm glad i hope you listen to it in its entirety yeah i need to finish chance the album actually okay bye Okay, so for this part of the show, it's called What You Didn't Hear, and it's where we talk about um, relevant topics to us as Black and queer people, um, and stories that you may not have heard about this week, um, hopefully leave you feeling some, you know, in some way different. And um, yeah, I mean, I think every every episode, every, before every episode, I send you all articles um and I sent you all two really like important articles for me um as someone who was uh born and raised in Charlotte and I'm just spent like a very um tiring two two full weeks like with little sleep um with people that I just met um, who are putting their bodies and their, you know, mental health on the line to fight for some type of change, not only in Charlotte, but um, across the country and across the world. And um, yeah, so I I shared these articles with you all, knowing that um, they aren't something that is still being talked about anymore. We're not a lot of people are not talking about the Charlotte uprising still as it as it was happening two weeks ago because the cameras are not there. Um, a lot of a lot of the actions are not completely like eye catching for reporters. A lot of reporters honestly came for two days and then left. Um, but then there's some reporters that stayed there for a week plus and really tried to build with the community and understand that while, um, you know, the governor and the mayor and the 
chief of police are all working to suppress the story, there are some people that are not going to let it die. And, 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 um, yeah, just like on this piece, because, um, you know, you all mentioned that it wasn't timely anymore. And like, that's, that's exactly why I want to talk about it. You know, it's, um, it's up to us to make it still a relevant issue because there are organizers that are still working right now around what, what actions they're going to put on for next week, um, for the months to come, um, around the election, around this HB2 nonsense that's still happening, um, HB972, which is restricting, which went into effect October 1st and now makes it triple times harder to get the release of tapes specifically in North Carolina only. Um, you know, you have to go through this court order process now. And that kind of slid through legislation. Now folks have to work extra, extra hard just to get these tapes of like black people getting killed, you know, like, so I sent y'all these articles. I'm hoping that, you know, maybe you learned something about this place that is like also my home. Um, because, you know, Charlotte is thought of as this quote unquote, like new South. Um, and I mean, we're in the middle of a rebellion right now. So, yeah. Um, thank you. Thank you for sharing all of that. Um, yeah, I can see and feel how heavy this is, this is for you. And I'm glad that, um, I mean, yeah. And originally <clears throat> I think that I, uh, was open to talking about Charlotte, but I also didn't know that I wanted to talk about it for the whole time. But after reading the two pieces that you gave me, I think that, or that you shared with us, I think that, um, I mean, it adds a really valuable perspective about what's happening. Which one do you want to, you want to talk about the Huffington Post one first or? Um, yeah, we can talk about that one. I mean, I think just in the context of like, what is the city, what, who, who is Charlotte? Like, People don't talk about Charlotte, like, the, even in North Carolina, like, they talk about Greensboro, like, they talk about, like, Durham, like, they talk about all of these cities that have historically been, uh, you know, I mean, started off as, like, slave, mm -hmm. like, like, right, like, this is where <laughs> there were plantations, right? right, okay, let's not forget, right. and then in terms of, like, after, like, in the midst of ending segregation, there was a lot of organizing happening but it wasn't specifically in charlotte right it mm -hmm. was outside cities and so now we're at this point where it's like okay charlotte has been really quiet about being super racist still um and now it's like not quiet anymore so so yeah we could start with this huffington post um article by julia craven who also went to my college <laughs> um, yeah um yeah i mean i guess i can start i think it's called charlotte protests expose a deep racial divide in this thriving southern city and i think what was interesting um which you kind of mentioned like charlotte being like the new south and how it's um kind of received as a progressive space mm -hmm. within the south um and i mean when i was reading this article i was seeing a lot of chicago in it and just a lot of oakland and a lot of like black cities or cities with so many black people um, that are just being overwhelmed by police presence um, and where folks are just dying. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I think it's hard for me to wrap my head around all this happening um, just because it keeps happening. Mm -hmm. And um, I appreciate how everyone is, is attempting to like illuminate some new light or new perspective onto all this happening. Um, and that being said, it's still, it still, it continues to happen. So it's just very, it's just very frustrating to me that all this is happening and that like, I mean, the article talks about some of the, I don't know, it just talks about some of the things that we just always see. Like, I'm never, it's not that like, duh, sure, this is like, duh, but I'm not surprised. And it's so sad that I'm not surprised that like majority of the officers are white, right. that they are overwhelmingly, pr um, 
policing black and brown bodies that like the areas where black people are like 90% or whatever like they are constantly stopped or that their income is half of what like most white people make like it's just disgusting and it continues and Mm -hmm. I'm kind of lost as to where to go I mean I agree I think that like very much everything that's illustrated in here is everything that we know to be true in every place where there has been a shooting where like a person of color has been killed so it's you know, it's the same things that we're consistently seeing. I think the thing that's particularly interesting about this is that um, uh, in the places where it has been happening, it has been place. It's in places where uh, economically, it's like things are not that great. Mm-hmm. And I think the thing that differentiates Charlotte is how, as Americans, we we confuse um, economic prosperity with like social equity and everything being okay and that's like not the case like yes bank of america is headquartered is headquartered in charlotte and so is i think like was it wells fargo or wachovia or someone is there as as well and like you have all these finance firms there and like just because like there's money there or there's businesses there doesn't mean that everything is okay for everyone um and i think like the other difference is just sort of like charlotte is like on the come up and so People don't economically, so people don't think about it. But it's like that's not we can't sit here and continue to think that just because, you know, some folks are doing okay, not everyone, or just because you know they're building skyscrapers there and condos downtown and doing all those sorts of things that like, you know, they're immune to any of this because like they're not. I mean, so right. Like, and can I say also from what you were saying about like the economic progress? It's like to whom. To who is who is reaping the benefits of this? I, I think what was fascinating is I didn't know that Charlotte was like a financial capital in the South. Yeah, Bank of America has been headquartered there since. I mean, Bank of America was my first like yeah. checking account when I was like mm-hmm. what fifteen. There's I'm another still one there trying too. to figure out like how to change banks. Like, <laughs> For real, I'm trying it's to like money so credit, deeply yeah. like rooted in like everything that yeah. I know to be true about banking, yeah. which is terrifying yeah. and also like very real. Um. But yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm just, just wondering. Like, I mean, it's so fascinating being in the times that we're in right now, where everyone, where like the economy is doing better, but for who? Like, if you, if you compare to eight years ago, yeah. um, like we are no longer on like the brink of a financial, you know meltdown again like the unemployment rate has dropped significantly like in cities across the country in states even places are embracing like a living wage and we're talking about things differently and so that's all dope and wonderful and yet somehow some way somehow um black people continue to be like redlined into these areas right. where we can only live and then we like it's just we're never really given the opportunity to embrace this economic uh, success because the black for since the country has began basically like the black or not began but since we've been freed mm-hmm. the black unemployment rate has always been significantly higher than that of other unemployment rates and what i'm also wondering is how to convey these messages to people who are like deniers like people who think that black people just need to be stopping lazy and put pick themselves up from the bootstraps it's like how do i even talk to you because you just I'm missing the whole story. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, yeah, that's the challenge, right? Like, how, but like, am I even trying to focus any of my efforts on those folks that are so far gone, like far reachable at this well, point? You know, like, yeah. I know that I cannot move you on no matter how strong my messages are. While, while we were in Charlotte, one of the like legislative officials in North Carolina, like, put out this... No, he was on television on a live interview and, like, was talking about how, you know, after the the first few nights of the uprising when folks were, like, breaking breaking into, like, the Hornet Stadium or the Hornet's, like, official store and all these businesses downtown Charlotte, he gets on the, on the newscast and is talking about how black people just want to be like white people and like uh-huh. be like he was talking about how like black people are lazy and they just want to be like white people and like be able to make the, the type of money that like white people make like well, we this do, legislative actually. official but it was like not even in a right. like a 
nothing. It was basically it was like, just, they want to like, be like us. They, they want to be like us, but they can't. And Girl, no, just actually, like, you want to be like in us. In poverty, right? Like, let's not even talk about it. <laughs> we want to talk about lazy. For real. Like, <laughs> also, just talk about like this notion that we want to be But this notion lazy? of being lazy is like, you know, that's like deeply rooted in some like super racist um, roots. But particularly, like, what I want to elevate is this, yes, it's happening all over the country, but what what's happening in the South is, like, so deep, y'all. It's so deep. Like, I can even, like, some of the rallies that were organized, like, for example, the Panther, at the Panther Stadium, there was a mm-hmm. the shutdown. So Pat McCrory, our governor, designated that an extraordinary event which is only relative to things in in charlotte yeah. it came in 2012 with the dnc right. where they're like okay it's an extraordinary event we need like extraordinary security measures so they bind off they like section off parts of the city where you're allowed to be like roughed up even more um under this guise of like protection and so what's happening in addition to that in charlotte is there's a very strong KKK presence still. Mm-hmm. Like, not in their uniforms, but you can identify them by their tattoos. And if you are participating in this uprising, it's not safe for you. It's terrorizing, actually, in many ways. In ways that's not specifically happening in in Oakland, right? Like, there is some unique things happening in Charlotte that... I think should be elevated even more and like I don't know I don't know I mean I think like the it's you know the historical context and how that changes things is is kind of what differentiates it like for example when you're saying like you know they can legislate these things such as like um they make it harder for you to get a police video they can legislate that like this is an extraordinary event you know these are tools that they've used in the past and like the civil rights where the kkk is still like it's still present and it's still terrorizing you it very much makes me think of like that saying like um in the north they'll spit in your food and in the south they'll like spit in your face mm-hmm. like you know they're doing these things like blatantly and in your face in charlotte where like in a place like Oakland, or I won't even say Oakland, I'll say like Boston, because that'll be my most in-depth experience. And what I know is where it's like, they'll wait for the police to not be in front of cameras and to get you at an intersection before they like start beating you. And like, yeah, and they'll just like, and they'll just like, they'll just, they won't go those same lengths. You know, the politicians will very much try and look like we're on the sides of you, of the protesters, we want you to make you look safe. And so they would never pass legislation like that. But of course, they're the behind the scenes saying, if you need to beat somebody, beat them. If you need to arrest them, arrest them. And well, so in some ways, that legislation that. is like behind the scenes work, right? It's like, it's still, yeah. I'm not trying to say that they're different. I'm just trying to say it's like in, a, in addition to. Yeah, but I'm, like, more pervasive but I'm, but I'm saying that the legislation is like, that's something that's more in your face. It's like, it's different from a mayor to like, from a mayor calling the police chief yeah. and be like, I'm not going to say this publicly, but you can do whatever you need to do versus like actually passing a law yeah. that's like on the books right. that has now precedent and future action. That's like, you know. And that is yeah. also unique to Southern states. Yeah. And um, yeah, rural red, kind of kind of red, red states, mm-hmm. like in Indiana and in um, Alabama, <laughs> like in Georgia, in, in, these, in these kinds of states um, where you where the history is so much more deeply embedded um, in the fabric of the culture and society, you definitely have more of a, a, a I don't know, a negative reactionary response to um, black people attempting to free themselves Blatant from our change. Blatant Blatant and It's direct. so interesting how like we try and free, our, free ourselves. Like, whatever, girl. Yeah. I don't even I know mean, what to say to them. Yeah. The other thing I just want to say is like this... <laughs> Because I, I just want to go back to this whole thing about being lazy. Because I just, I'm really upset that he said that. But the thing is, like, sometimes I think, like, the most laziest people aren't even black people. It's white people. If you want to uplift the system where people right. are at the bottom and you are prospering off the fact that other people don't have an equal shot and you don't want to fight against that, that's pure laziness. Because that's basically like starting a game with a cheat code. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know what to say about white people. They really got to do, I don't even, like, nothing that they say ever surprises me anymore. Like, even with, like, you know, he who shall not be named who's running for president. Um, he, like, he says all this shit about grabbing women's pussy. I mean, whoa. Vagina, <laughs> vaginas and, like, whatever. And whatever he says, 
it never amazes me. it nothing it doesn't even i don't even think how are white people going to respond to this because i know that they just don't care Mm-mm. so that is why i'm wondering like where do where and how do we go somewhere from here like yeah. is it um like just fuck white people like not you know dealing with them at all like is it you know actually going back to africa but like in the <laughs> Like starting this new kind of space just for us. Like I don't even know how or, how or when or or you know what we can do in response. It's just um, I don't know. It's it's hard to stay uplifted. Well, so I think that's interesting. I mean, for the second article too. Um, one thing that's really unique about Charlotte is like everyone's just deep love for the Carolina Panthers. And so I was super and excited. And that is football. Right, that's football. So I was very <laughs> Oh, excited. you didn't know? Because what is, the Hornets is basketball. Yeah. Is that Charlotte too? Yes. Okay, yes. thank you. Uh, <laughs> and they just got that name back. Okay. Yeah. Stay focused. See, I know. <laughs> um, so, well, but that's why I was really excited that this um, journalist, Tyler Tynes, um, took the time to like write a really in-depth article about yeah, like, really the, the intricacies of this. Um, and so this is a reporter that stayed in Charlotte for a good while. Um, Wednesday was the night that the day that I got there. That was also the night that um, Justin Carr was, who was a protester, was also shot and killed at the protest by police. And then um, CMPD so it's been denied. Confirmed. I mean, they're still denying they're it. Still yeah. Denying yeah, it. they're very much but denying it. But the people that were there they and saw. who saw and heard it, they know that it wasn't a gunshot. It was a rubber bullet. Mm. Protesters aren't carrying rubber bullets, you know? And, like, the way that, like, the way that the police were lined up, it's it's just, like, meant to, you know, pr- like, support their case. Because, no, we didn't see, like, a bullet coming from a gun, but that does, but that's because police were lined up lined in a up way that you can't yeah. see where the shots are coming from, yeah. right? So it's like, don't tell me, like, I didn't see what I saw. You know, anyway, so this this reporter was there early on when a lot of those um, feelings were still really hot and really raw. And um, I think it speaks to the opportunity that is Charlotte. Like, we just all imagine this not even, like, the whole football team, but just, like, one person, Cam Newton, like, showing up in a way that was supportive of Black people in Charlotte, right? And for a a football team, let alone an industry that is comprised of so many Black folks, Mm -hmm. a city with a Black chief of police, right? Like, oh, I did not know things. that. Yeah, Chief Putney is a black man. It doesn't even matter. No, it doesn't, but like, <laughs> but it's yeah, it does, but what, it doesn't. What if, what, just what if, imagine if the entire Carolina football team chose to sat, sit out for that game? Yeah. Like, how powerful would, yeah. I mean, right? I like, mean, yeah. I don't know the, the details of like, how their money really works. Oh, wait. But like, but I'm just like, how incredible would that have been to like, say, no, I'm not going to, Play for all you white people. Yeah, no, I just which to, are yeah. the fans that were there. Yeah, and I just I'm happy about the money up because I was like I always feel that like football teams and organizations always owe a certain level of indebtedness to the people monetarily because they build these stadiums off of tax breaks, like mm. like tax breaks and tax credits. Like we as taxpayers you talk about pay for we pay for them. I love fiscal and monetary policy. Like we pay for these stadiums. Like so like they owe us monetarily already. Well, they owe y'all monetarily already. So they just for the sake of the fact that like you they are like black folks and like they are in this community and who their fans are like they have so many reasons politically socially and economically that they need to show out and like they didn't which is actually really fucked up i mean i'm kind of like i kind of i i mean personally i wouldn't want to put it on just cam newton which seems who everyone wants it to be but i understand the whole quarterback thing when it comes to football i mean like i'm I'm crazy, so you know me. I'm, I'm like, I want all y'all motherfuckers to be sitting like, out the game. I want all so y'all motherfuckers to kneel. Yeah. We love yeah. him well, so he, much. I mean, think about it. The white folks got to him, and they sent a Fox newscaster to, like, PR train him. So, like, he's like, oh my God, y'all remember Undercover Brother? Yeah. That movie? <laughs> That's it. literally what happened to Cam Newton. Okay, I, don't, I feel I don't like know. it's I'm, like... 
he got like he made this statement that he made mm-hmm. about race or whatever that was actually pro black like a year or two ago, and then they and said, then said all lives matter, and then they, and then he shifted to like all lives matter and like there is no such thing as racism and we need to move on like that they like tinkered and tweaked with him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this uh, so what I really liked about this article, did we say the name? It's ninety six hours in Charlotte on SB Nation, which I think is like a sports kind of site. Um, <laughs> I don't know sports. But what I really liked about the article was that it really intermixed um, uh, like the racial tensions with the, the sports tensions in the city. And I think that it's really almost impossible in the United States to like separate, well, anything from race, but particularly sports and especially mm-hmm. football. Because I mean, if we just even think about the language that people use in sports and how they are trading athletes. Mm-hmm. Hello. <laughs> it's just really, and, and majority of these athletes are black bodies, black male bodies. Um, they have to like have like these body requirements and they have to be in like peak mm-hmm. physical position and people are like measuring them up as they used to do enslaved black men. Mm. Um, it just feels very reminiscent. The only difference is that now these black men are millionaires. Meanwhile, the people who own, you know, have a, who are trading them are billionaires. Um, and so I think that that's like really important to remember for me, which makes me feel like athletes need to understand that when you are a public figure and when you are I don't know. I think that you have to say something. I, I'm just tired of giving people passes. <laughs> I'm not giving anyone else any passes anymore because black bodies are dying left and right in the streets. And I don't know if I'm going to be the next black body that's going to die left or right in the streets. And if it is, then I would encourage everyone to uprise as much as they need to. Um, but I'll fuck shit up for you. Please do. Um, but not but. And um, it's just like with... Colin Kaepernick, for instance. Colin Kaepernick. Kaepernick. I think that... I don't... I'm trying to wonder how I'm trying to say this message. I just think that... I understand, like, one of the arguments is that, you know, when you're in your workplace, you're not required to talk about race, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, and that's true. And you're getting paid millions of dollars. And you're getting, like, these tax breaks. And you are a face for all this shit. And you're talking about everything else. So why can't you just easily you say that Black Lives Matter? And your break. voice is so much stronger. Yeah. Like, it is... I'm, like, we all are people. But your voice is so much more powerful than my voice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, Cam Newton, you can... And it, even with Michael Jordan, because they mentioned Michael Jordan oh, and how, God. like, he's donated money. Like, how he's, like, been silent about police brutality, but then he's donated money to some organizations, and then he goes back to being silent. And it's just, like, these these rich black people who are have, like, these ties uh, to corporations and all these things at risk are so hesitant to give it up. And I understand that they don't want to give up their money, but at the end of the day, like, lives are being lost. Yeah, I'm, and that's something that I've been thinking about, is, like, I, there, there, there's something happening behind the scenes with athletes that we don't know about. Um, something tells me, like, certain organizations must have certain types of clauses and things like that. I think maybe, like, Colin Kaepernick, and sorry I went so hard with that, you just know he's my second favorite football player. Um, like, they, like, Colin Kaepernick has the, you know, the, you know, he's, fortunate enough to like be repping a Bay Area team so like it's a little bit more of a liberal area not to say that he never got any backlash for it internally but like there you know I feel like this can be an organization that might not have a clause I might say like if you say something that we deem blah 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 then we might exist and take this I feel like and maybe perhaps in places like the south like a clause like that would be in there and it probably includes things like race like don't you dare talk about race because we don't like that as an organization and therefore like you're gonna pay for it and as for Michael Jordan, I think Michael Jordan, like, he's just, like, he, he got money. And he realizes that white folks, white folks are the ones that are buying his shoes and all his shit. And the, he doesn't want to, like, know. isolate them, which is, like, unfortunate because, like, I don't want to say he needs to educate them, but he needs to feel like, he needs to be like, look, I'm taking their dollars, so I'm going to say whatever the fuck I want to them. He needs like, to do something. We all need to do something. Like, it's beyond the point of us deciding whether or not we want to insert our voice into this conversation. No, it's beyond that. All of us black people, white people, anyone who is witnessing oppression needs to stand up and say something. It's time to pick a side. It's no more like oh, exactly. in the closet, <laughs> like we are in the closet right now. But it's no more like, you know, behind the curtains, how I feel about... No, no, no. We all need to pick a side. 
and everyone needs to be vocal about their side. And even if even if it's the wrong side, we need to know where you stand so that we yeah. can know how to address yeah. you. Yeah, I mean, just like I'm still like just stuck on like imagine if right like that would have been amazing. Powerful, how much more powerful would that have been? Rather than like especially while folks were on the outside, yeah. <laughs> like getting arrested and yeah. like getting charged with some made up like warrant i don't know all of these things are really crazy that are continuing to happen mm-hmm. but like i just really appreciate this too because it's the one thing that i've and i've read a lot of coverage around what's happening but this is the one thing that i think really gets to what it felt like to be there too like what it felt like to be because i rode from the airport in an uber to get my brother's car from his school and in that uber ride it was this white man and i was like okay like how do you feel about things that are happening Mm. right now and he was like i just wish they would stop tearing stuff up and that was his his real reaction and so i'm like okay i'm in this moment like my blood is boiling (sighs) what do i say but that's the reality of like some folks way down in south charlotte not even just like there are black people here here too like black folks too it's like stop you know i just wish you would stop tearing things up i wish they would stop killing us yeah that's (laughs) That's the response like i i wish i wish black people wouldn't have to be killed for no reason like i mean every 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 year every year since the creation of facebook and be able to put video on it i feel like i've seen three to five videos of a black man die a year that's like become that blows up in his bit yeah i'm not watching like, them no come more. on now like why like why wouldn't i have like a violent reaction like white folks have violent reactions for sports games they have violent reactions when barack obama became president like spitting on people beating up people like what 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 makes what makes i mean this is a question obviously that's rhetorical but like what makes our experience like so less important than yours when like honestly like your sports team losing or winning is like not as important as the fact that like people are dying out here just because of the color of their skin so that's bullshit and go back to taxes again my tax dollars paid for it so if i feel like fucking it up not saying that i was obviously i wasn't there so i didn't but like if i want to fuck it up i'm gonna fuck it up because guess what i work and i make my dollars and i pay my taxes and my taxes will rebuild it so boom next Boom. Yeah. Next. Shit. I mean, and even if you don't work, you have the right to, <laughs> to also tear True. it up. Like, yeah. even if you aren't paying taxes, you also have the right to, to tear that up too. So, um, yeah. I mean, we're in the middle. in the middle of a rebellion. We're in the eye of a storm, and the storm is really just gonna hit. Um, the day after what November the eighth or whatever. That's what we're gonna really know. It's gonna be after that, or oh, I feel like it's gonna hit immediately if. Baltimore wins or it's going to be sometime in the middle of um uh what was the other one what was the other one what was the bad professor in Harry Potter Snape no he was good in the end the girl the woman the one who like, oh 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 Umbridge yes if Umbridge wins because we already know we already know like I mean, <laughs> that's a good one exactly she's umbridge we already know from her transcripts how she's gonna rule and so rule. like like literally it's it's gonna be terrible it's gonna be terrible she, well it's gonna be know, terrible we'll figure it out somehow some way somehow we've we've been through worse And now it's time for another segment of S N N N S N N N Chapatetois News Network. All right, so per usual, I'm going to do a little roundup of the ish that I see on the internet because the internet just blesses me so. Because duh. And if we're ever giving, it's like it's like a fountain. It never ends, and it always rains on me. Look at that water. Water is the theme oh. of this episode. All right. And so the first thing I just want to say is, bitch, cry me a river. <laughs> so I'm going about my day. Actually, I, it was the morning time, and I was doing my usual morning scroll. 
scroll, not stroll, scroll. <laughs> no. <laughs> and so I was like trying to see what's on the internet and everyone is talking about like this white woman. I'm like, oh my God, why are we talking about this white woman? Why are we ever talking why? about white women? Why are we? <laughs> That's the question. That's the real question. That's and so question. this white woman gets on the internet and does this <laughs> 10 minute long video in tears about the Vince Staples songs, North North. I need to hear that song. It's such a good song. Actually, Summertime 06 was my most played album of last year. Oh, wow. Okay, I actually cool, listened cool, cool. to the song. I actually don't like it, but... <laughs> <laughs> Wait, where is he from? Is he from North Carolina or something? No, he's from, like, uh, Southern California. Yeah. Same. <laughs> and so she gives on this 10-minute, like, white girl tears tirade about this song, <laughs> about how her child likes to listen to the top 40s, but her child is four, so as a mother, why are you even letting them listen to that? So strike one already against you. You're already not credible, bitch. Then you start singing the song, and the song says the N-word, and you think it's okay to start saying the N-word, even if you think just your white friends are going to see it. Guess what? We all saw it, so strike two against you, because regardless if you think that you're even just reading it, don't say it. Just don't say it. Yeah, I don't like why people... Don't you mm-hmm. ever, ever say it. You have no... There's no reason in hell. I watch movies, and I notice how even in movies on TVs, unless it's a historical piece, and I'm even against them saying it then, too, they never have a white person say it. Like, I was watching The Get Down, I finished it, they didn't even let any of the white people or anyone they say it. No one said it. So, bitch, you shouldn't even say it. Then... <sighs> bitch, you guessed it. She finally, you know, starts talking about the specific parts of the song she doesn't like, like crying when they say, like, when he mentions, like, a woman getting an abortion, like, and then she's, like, talking about how this is so sad, like, this is what our kids are listening to, and, like, it has an impact on them, and society is wrong because in the song it says, like, run away from the police. Clearly she has no idea what the experience of black people are, and she clearly probably doesn't have any black friends. Also, I just want to bring up that my home state, our Supreme Court basically said that, like, it's okay when black folks run from the police Mm -hmm. because of trauma, so therefore legally I'm like bitch you are just all off so I'm just like so over it and not only that I'm just like you know we like our children are in our domain our children I don't have any children thank god and if I did I would regulate what they what they were listening to so therefore like instead of like being mad at Vince Staples being mad at the DJs and the radio stations and think that there's a societal crisis how about you just actually know what your kids are listening to and monitor it a little bit more and not allow her to listen because at the end of the day that was your fault it was no one else's fault and not only that like girl Oh, this is the part that killed me. When she was talking about, like, what she was listening to in the top 40, she named Britney Spears, NSYNC, Backstreet Boys. I was like, okay, so basically she's a millennial, like, same shit that I was listening to, which was my top 40s. Girl, rap was around then, too, and was on the radio then, too. So this is not nothing brand new. So, girl, you're late. You're tired. It's done. It's over with. Bye. I'm done. Next. Wait, wait, yeah, can I? I, oh. mean, <laughs> I mean, this is like the entire Solange album, why I love it so much. First of all, like, uh, if you don't like the music, don't, don't listen, listen to, to it. it. Like, that's number one. That's all it's, that it is. That's really it. You don't like me. I know that. Right. Why would I expect you to like my music? Right. I mean, second of all, Vince Staples is like a genius, actually. Like genius, genius lyrically, and his that song, this whole album is like a reflection of his experience, right? So well, how sure. are you? If you were mad at it, then you, you should be mad at me. Right. You should be mad at the the systems that allow for me to experience this. And that your white way. tears are uplifting and trying to maintain. Well, right. It's just like if you're mad. I mean, I don't. Why are you mad? Actually, Girl. but like, don't be mad at me. Be mad at like the reasons that like poverty is able to thrive in constant in in neighborhoods that are majority like black, uh-huh. right? Like, yeah. let's be mad at that together. I'm just in in one short quip. I'm just not here for white fragility. So at all, Girl, I don't. Give I no was fucks. so over <laughs> it. I was so over it. Anyway, anyway, um, anyway, also. The internet made up another holiday. So I realized that anytime I see it's National Something Something Day, 
the internet basically made it up. Basically, people get together. And, oh yeah, yeah, I heard about this. And people, and people are basically like, "Oh, today should be this, and today should be that." So we just went through the very first ever publicized, well-known National Boyfriend Day. And I mean, whatever. Like, it's fine. National Boyfriend Day. Like, it's not a good thing. It's not a bad thing. It's not that serious. Like, I mean. <laughs> Personally, I think every day is patriarchy, so I feel like it should be like maybe National <laughs> Girlfriend Day, but that's another story for another time. But <laughs> also, I, can we get beyond girlfriend and boyfriend too? <laughs> like, yeah, like Partner Day. Right. Let's like, be like gender neutral. Let's just have a national day. <laughs> right. Anyway, just a national day. So I was like curious anyway because I was like, oh, I want to see what people are posting because I was like, you know, maybe there's gonna be some cute things. There'll be something funny. So you know, I clicked on the hashtag because you know hashtags are searchable, and I want to be in everyone's business. And the first thing that came up was this 45 minute video of this young black man. I was like, what this young black man gotta say for 45 minutes on national about? I was like, oh, maybe he got a boyfriend. Maybe I want to talk about his boyfriend for 45 minutes. Nope. He went on a 45-minute tirade about this girl who I think is probably the most ingenious, savage, best ever. And I mean savage in the, like, you know, the new hip Rihanna way, not the, like, <laughs> bad way. Okay. So basically, yeah. this girl found out that it was National Boyfriend Day. And apparently, she is known in their community to sleep around with folks. This is not like a thing. And she's someone who's like honest about it. She's like, yeah, I don't want a man. I like to do this, this, and that. And these men like to take photos with her. So she decided to stitch all the photos she had with these men into a collage and post it for National Boyfriend Day and say, happy National Boyfriend Day with all this collage of these men. But guess what? They all had girlfriends. I'm here for that. And so, and she's friends with them all. And so they all... And so they all see this post and like they all get into this argument trying to argue with her. But then dudes get on and are just like, but wait, you're you're mad at him for sleeping with her, but you just slept with my homie the other day while you have a man. So basically just exposing that like no one is like faithful. And I was just like, you know, I mean, I'm not really like here for like exposing like people's infidelities or whatnot. Like I was like, mm, that's a little messy. But I thought it was kind of like, a badass move to like stitch together all your niggas and be like happy national boyfriend day i fucks with it yeah i mean i um, fucks with that hard call out men (laughs) (laughs) period i don't get no fucks so and i was just like and i was just i thought it was great you never know what you'll find when you just like dig and lastly um we don't serve gays at least uh in north carolina they don't and, and I'm just saying that just because the Daily Show, um, which I don't, I don't actually watch. I'm Me not, either. I've never seen. I, show. I don't. I don't watch like late night television. Like I, I'm not like. You're more. You're. You're normally doing other things late at night. No, I'm not. All I do is sleep. Thank I'm you. talking about going to get a drink. Oh, uh, I was from like, somewhere. I was gonna say, I don't know what you trying to say about me. I'm a virgin and an innocent. Anyway, um, and so like I don't watch these talk shows, but apparently like they do these really really great things. And one of the things that they did is that because they passed the HB two law, they went to North Carolina to sort of like show people what it would be, what it's like like to be not served if you're gay. So what they did is that they opened a barbecue um, truck, and they were just like when people came up. It didn't matter who they were. They would just like, we would just say, we're not going to serve. They'd be like, so say the three of us went up to the window. They'd be like, oh, I'll serve Zakia and Marion. But Donovan, there's something about you. I don't quite know what it is. I think you're gay, so I'm not going to serve you. Mm-hmm. And then like people were like freaking out and were like flipping out. And they're like, this is wrong. This is wrong. This is absurd. Like, why are you doing this to me? Like, oh. And we're oh. like, and it's like, oh, no, duh. Like, they passed the law. Are you not aware? Or you are aware, but you don't care. You haven't done anything that you, you don't know. One of the person they actually did it to was a pastor. Oh. I thought it was pretty... A white pastor. A white pastor. I thought it was pretty actually ironic that he tried to stay away from trying to like mention anything bad or negative about homosexuality. He was like, well, you just shouldn't not serve him just because you should just always serve people. I think the funniest part to me was that there was a group of black men who came up <laughs> and they weren't gay. And then one of them was like, what? And they were about, and he was like, well, you got me fucked up. And anytime you ever hear a black man say, you got me fucked up, Things are going to go one of you two ways. And I watched that video and I was like, okay, it's, I was like, listen, they about to get 
like the footage of their life, or they're about to stop and be like, whoa, 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 it's just I a was joke. like, security. <laughs> security. Security. And luckily, like, nothing happened. They admitted immediately that it was a joke. Um, and, like, it was just a way to just show, like, you know, obviously, like, not serving people because of, like, their perceived sexual orientation just isn't cool. And you need to get over it. And also, like, bringing it real life to people. Yeah, because it was helpful. Because I, I think that, like, you know, for a lot of people, we know that people just are not engaged. Um, and so they they know these things, laws get passed, and they know they, they happen, but they don't do anything about it. Largely, like, if you're straight, you're not going to do anything you know, against someone who's like a homosexual. So now this is bringing it to them. It's like, no, this is what this is like. And like now saying like, yeah, this is that this is actually probably you should do something about it. So I wonder, did they like, so what did they do with the, all those people after they said it was a joke? Like, did they sign on to like repeal HB2? Like what was the outcome? Yeah, of, they like, didn't. Joke? Yeah, they, they didn't say anything about helping them participate in any advocacy actions, but they gave them free barbecue. <laughs> yeah, someone had me all the way fucked up last night, so I know what it feels like to be like, hell nah. That's a side note. Mm. But I think that, um, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, what I really liked about it was that they just like flipped it on, just flipped it on you, flipped it on his head. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's important to like actually contextualize and personalize this shit, so kudos, Trevor Noah. Um, and I appreciate that, uh, you know, he's doing things. Because mm-hmm. he's, he's South African. He's my South African brother. He's challenging <laughs> Americans, which I which I really like. I think it was what really that good thing? that they picked someone who was not American for the show because it's an outside perspective on the stupid shit our country does. Cool, 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 cool. Thank you. That concludes SNN. Da-da-da-da. And we back. In these streets. Time for I'm here for it. I've never been on these streets. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, I didn't do me. Me. Um, yo, so what's been going around on the internet is this new trailer called for this movie, scary movie with this black boy named this this chick from girls called Get Out. Um and I don't even need to describe the movie because I'm sure all of you all have seen it, but I'm so here for it only because I think that it's going to be, like, a really cheesy movie, but I really appreciate how they are, like, how they're addressing race in just the trailer alone, Mm -hmm. and how, like, this black boy is dating this white girl, and so the first thing I'm thinking is, like, girl. Terrifying. And then they are, and they they take it and run with it. It's like, it's like someone who wrote it was, like, someone like me who actually thinks about, like, all of these different factors. It's like, which... And I think the beauty of it is that it shows that you can have a complicated thriller. You can have a movie that talks about, like, race and still talks about something else. Because so often people are like, oh, it talks about race. Like, that's going to be the whole subject. No, like, race isn't everything that we do. And you really see, like, this boy have a visceral reaction to, like, being in this white family, which I would imagine that I would have, too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was just really creeped out by it. And I was watching it like at two o'clock in the morning. I was like, I probably shouldn't be watching this anymore because white people is crazy. But definitely gonna go see it. I'm here for that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I remember when I saw that trailer. I was like, at first, I was a little confused because they started off really nice, and he like walks up to her and is like, "Did you tell your parents I was black?" Right. And she's like, "No, why did I just that important?" And I was like, "Girl, Girl it is, bitch. <laughs> I was it like, is. you better. If I dated somebody, <laughs> and they, if <laughs> like I." No. Anyway, <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to do the white person. Uh, <laughs> you know, my boo loves, like, horror scary movies, and I mm-hmm. don't especially, but, like, I think I can see this one. Mm-hmm. Like, it seems I think like it'll be funnier comedic. than... I think it'll be scary, but also, like, the fuck is happening. I like, like, humor in yeah. scary movies. Scary I, think, movie. I, I think it'll be humorous. I, 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 I feel like it's going to be more equatable to like the scary movie franchise than right, like a yeah. Jason or a I don't think it's gonna be like Unless, spoof but I think that it'll be like just somewhere in between somewhere in between <laughs> yeah we'll have to see alright who next Z uh, D <laughs> I feel like okay um what I'm here for is um I'm gonna be here for fried foods 
Um, one yes. of the really beautiful things about being a part of like the Charlotte Uprising yes, is that people were just like taking care of everyone else. So mm-hmm. like, you know, we had people like coming in regularly, like bringing us breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and mm-hmm. like you know everything in between, snacks and water, and like all of these other healing things. Um, necessary when you're in that environment but one of my favorite parts was just like eating so much fried chicken yes, <laughs> um, fried chicken my dad like even yes. though I didn't have, to have I didn't get to have dinner with them like every night there were a few nights where like my dad just left like fried ch- pork chops for me to eat when I got home a bunch of folks like spent the night over my house one time and like my dad had just made a lot of fried chicken Lots of fried green tomatoes. Oh, lots of like, I love fried um, green tomatoes. You know, things that you don't normally have just like have mm-hmm. here. I don't normally have here on a regular. Yeah. In addition to grits. Mm. Maybe I'll just be here for southern food. Mm. But don't turn your nose up at grits. You already knew. Don't to? do it. You, don't you know you ain't talking to me. Nah, you the wrong one. You know you ain't talking to me. You don't like grits either? I live for grits, oh bitch. I love grits. Chicago and the South. Girl, I'm practically from the South, honestly. I mean, I know, but like, oh my God, disgusting. Okay, girl. Anyway. Anyway, yeah, Southern food is so good. Can I just have... Oh my pimento god, if I could cheese? eat all of the fried food all Wait, day. Pimento cheese is the cheese that got all that shit in it, right? Yeah, it's like a North Carolina. Mm, you know, fuck with cheese, though. It looks like an alien. It doesn't taste like an alien. <laughs> well, how do you know the alien tastes like? I don't. Maybe it does. Ooh. It's Ooh. She, she yelled. That she shit popping she on. Yelled. She popping she on. Don't come for me and my southern food. Wow. Thank you. Donovan? I mean, Donovan? <laughs> so, I specifically wanted to go last. <laughs> because... <laughs> I need to break with the mold and talk about what I'm not here for. Okay. I haven't done one of these in a while. What I'm not here for. What I'm ain't. What I ain't here for. What I'm. What I'm ain't. What I am not here for. (laughs) Is white men and their privilege. Period. I had. I had the luxury of seeing a free screening of Birth of a Nation. Oh God! Mm. Oh no! Well, they said it was free. I intentionally yeah. I, I went to go see. I intentionally <laughs> well, I, was I intentionally saw it as a, as a free screening because I was conflicted for a variety of reasons. Of course, we all know about which we talked about in a previous episode. Yeah. And I went and I saw it, and I went and I went with my friend, who's another, who's a woman of color. She's a Latina, and we went and we saw the movie. And I'm walking out the movie theater, and a white man comes behind me and taps me on my shoulder and he says hi I said hello you know am I like typical northeast like why are you talking to me and he was like were you just in that in that movie did you just see that movie and I was like um yeah and he was like and then I'm still walking and he's walking with me and then he goes and says as a black person how does it make you feel stop talking to me that's what I would say Right in that moment. I'm like, I just saw this movie about black history. Wait, what did you say? About. (laughs) About black history. About how black folks uprised against white folks and their bullshit. And you're going to come to me with this bullshit. With the audacity to one thing that you can speak to me. You don't know me. You don't talk to me. You don't know me. Out of your privilege, you think that you can touch me don't. and talk to me. And then you think that you have the odd, you have the right to be able to ask me such a pointed question when I'm in a very, you don't know this because you're not inside me, but like, you don't know how I'm feeling right now. You don't know how what may or may not have been triggered. You don't know the complex feelings that I could be dealing with knowing that like the person on this screen who is a black man did some fucked up shit currently and in the past but it's talking about something that is important don't talk to me my response was it was an important movie to be told thank you and i left it at that and i went about my business like i just i just couldn't like oh sorry there was a second part he then he did continue to talk after i said thank you and he said yeah i um 
I really never learned about this part of history much when I was in school. And I, and you know, I really felt empathy for like the black folks because I could really see how slavery was wrong. Okay, girl. My, y'all, this man had gray hair. He's clearly at least twice my age. Suddenly, you see that? Slavery's wrong. He's twice my age at the minimum. So you've been around for at least 50 years. At least 50 years. And you've never understood how slavery could be bad. Or, like, you might not be able to imagine the feeling of what it was like to be a person, a black person who was enslaved, but you didn't know it was wrong or could understand why it was wrong. So you're this white man who just clearly been walking around blindly and probably thought that, like, slavery was great for the economy because it was, like, free labor. Oh, or who was it? There was a politician that said slavery was great because they were fed and got houses. Yeah, I can't deal with that. Nope. <sighs> I was like, the bullshit just never ends. This is my life. I'm so over it. Well, I'm not over my life. I'm just over white men and their privilege. And I mean, bullshit. white people are the worst, period. It, it period. never ends. Yeah. Period. Yeah. All right. So, sorry I had to dampen that a little bit, but that was on my spirit. Thanks so much for listening. Um, Be sure to tune in every other Tuesday for your dose of I'm Here For It. Comment, tell us what you think, send us an email. Um, You can find us at I'm Here For It, H-E-A-R, like you heard that, on Twitter and on Facebook. And um, email us at I'm Here For It at gmail.com. Yeah. Um, And Donovan, before we bounce... And I head to these streets that you've never been in these streets, but I've been in these streets. Mm-hmm. I've been in these streets. I've been in these streets. You know you about I can tell you what I have been in. When? Wow. Okay. I was about to That's make why a you know reference. you're a bubby. I was going to say, I was going to make a future reference. I was going to make a future reference because you know our favorite line and our favorite, well, my favorite future song. Is what? Hey, <laughs> <Pico> is <laughs> I think unanimously our favorite song. Exactly, you see. True, 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 true. I was going by that as an outro. Damn, we should, uh, we should uh, purchase Freeco and just like <laughs> literally use it every day. Hey, hey. Buffy is them. <laughs> you know you're a Buffy Wem. Your letter to the editor is published in the local newspaper. But there's a local newspaper. <laughs> your hometown's local newspaper. Okay. So <laughs> your hometown's local newspaper. But you don't give a you don't care. You don't care at all. The reason why you don't care is because the entire day you're trying to find a ticket to the Chief Keep concert that's happening that night. Wow. You know you're a Buffy win. That is extreme dichotomy. And yes, that is Buffy. Yeah, that's it. Chief Keep, you still trying to go see Chief Keep right. girl? <laughs> like honestly. The Buffyisms aren't about me. Well, hmm. all of them aren't about me. All of them are about you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bye, y'all. Bye.